The Medallion, Chapter 41 Corvin rolled over and pulled the blanket tight around his shoulders. In his dream, his mother gave him too much medicine and a young girl carried him away to a dark tower. He listened carefully. Someone nearby was playing a small drum. Opening his eyes, he stared at slender shadows dancing on a curved stone wall that rose up to a round circle far overhead. It hadn't been a dream. He was in a tower and the person throwing the shadow was tapping out the rhythm behind him. Twisting around to find the source of the sound, he discovered that both his tunic and pack were gone. Across the floor from him, the girl with the all-dark eyes was sitting cross-legged on the floor next to his backpack. The acetylene lamp was shining between her knees, and she had a stick of dynamite in each hand. She was tapping the sticks together, the long fuses swaying around the open flame. "'Don't do that!' Corvin gasped. "'Keep those away from the fire!' The girl stuck the sticks out to each side. Why, what do they do? If the white cord catches fire, it burns up to the stick and explodes like a broken fire stick, but with much more power, enough to blow this whole tower to pieces. The girl gently set the sticks of dynamite down far away from the lamp. We might need them. Making a loud noise is the best way to confuse the Rakash and throw them off your trail. She held up a loaded crossbow. That's why I invented an exploding fire stick crossbow bolt. She pointed it out the open door. This has saved me a few times out there. In that pose, dressed in her long black sleeve shirt and narrow-legged black pants, the girl looked like a martial arts assassin from one of his comic books. He sat up. Where are we? The broken tower on the edge of the Rakash burrows. I thought for sure we would get here in time, but they never showed up. Who? Gavin and your watcher. They were coming here? She pointed the light toward a gaping hole in the floor. A thick pillar rose from the center and disappeared into the gloom overhead. Gavin and your guide were going to wait for you down there in the passage to Kadir. She turned the lamp back to the door. They must still be on their way here from Kate Set. Where? Are you still drugged? Kate Set is what my father calls our colony. You were there and he was showing you the location of Kale's library and the Rakash pool on his map. Corvin still wasn't sure what she was talking about. As far as his fuzzy mind could recall, Kale was supposed to bring him out to this tower, not this girl. How did I get out here? I helped you. You were really out of it, but at least you didn't make any noise when we went through the Rakash dwellings. Then you fell asleep on the tower guard's bed. Won't they see that light? The Rakash? They're sort of blind if you hadn't noticed. Not the Rakash, the people in the library. Won't they be looking for me? Not yet, but I can put it out if that makes you feel better. The girl twisted the knob and the flame died and a thick darkness settled over them. The girl came close, but Corvin could barely make out her outline. His grandfather's tunic dropped into his lap, and she sat beside him on the bed. I wore your tunic while you slept and made you more comfortable by removing your pack. It looks like something that was made in Neva. They used to make a lot of amazing things like that. Corvin spoke into the darkness. Where did you learn how to use a miner's lamp? I'm good with mechanical things. Many of the inventions in my colony are mine, even though my mother always takes the credit. She says she doesn't want our people to think I'm a freak, she leaned forward. It's a little too late for that, mother, she said, her voice thick with sarcasm. They would have to be blind not to see my eyes. She touched his shoulder. You can see in the darkness too, but your eyes don't look like mine. How is that possible? I don't know. Your eyes change when you eat lumian seeds. No, it was the... He stopped. He probably shouldn't talk about the hammer. Was what? She demanded. Something that healed my eyes and afterwards I could see better in the dark. 
Are you denying you ate the seeds? That's so typical of guys. Why can't you just tell the truth? I am telling the truth. I've eaten some seeds, but that wasn't what affected my eyes. And I can barely see in here at all. It's too dark for me. A soft yellow glow fell over Corvin's legs. The girl was fastening a slender curved tube to the side of her head. This is what I use when I go into the cavern. It mimics the light of the yellow slime and doesn't draw attention as long as you keep it turned down. She rubbed her forearms briskly. Are you cold? Corvin asked. A bit. My cape was lost when I was carrying you. It snagged on something out there, but I couldn't pick it up with you on my back. She frowned. You aren't the lightest person around. Corvin handed her the blanket. This is thin, but it's warm. Thanks. So what's your name? Corvin hesitated. He probably shouldn't use his real name around her. My mother calls me Kalian, but people here make fun of it. Yeah, that's not a name people use here anymore. It's bad luck. They make fun of my name, too. My full name is Peta Tika Teal, but you can call me Teak. Is that what your friends call you? Friends? Haven't you heard the proverb, dark eyes, dark heart? It's hard to find people who want a friend with a dark heart. Corvin recalled his grandfather's letter from the oak chest warning him not to trust anyone with dark eyes. This time he was certain his grandfather was wrong. This girl was the first person he met he could relate to. He liked her already. I think being able to see in the dark is a good thing, he said. Besides, it's not possible to have a dark heart if your eyes let in more light than anyone else. A flicker of a smile crossed her face. And I think Tika is a nice name. The smile fell away. It's Teak. Tika is what my mother calls me, and I hate it. Sorry, Teak. She pointed to her eyes. This was her fault. She left me alone in the laboratory when I was a child, and I drank one of her potions and almost died. Her potion changed my eyes so I can see in the dark, but I get bad headaches if there's too much light. Then she decided to tell everyone that because I could see in the dark, it was my destiny to take her poison to the Rakash and save the colony of Kate Set. Someone groaned behind them. Corvin tried to turn around, but the girl patted his leg. It's just the tower guard. This is his bed we're sitting on. I learned how to make a few special potions myself, and I always have a few with me, just in case. He'll be sleeping for a while, so you don't need to worry about him. I thought it might be one of the Rakash. They're crazy. Her body stiffened. Not all the Rakash are the same. Corvin pointed out the door. That one that attacked you by the river was. He... Did my mother poison him? Yes, and it was a horrible way to die. Teak's shoulder shook and she leaned in close to him. Corvin put his arm around her. Being captured by the Rakash had scared her badly. Teak looked up at him with tears streaming down her face. It was my fault. He was only helping me. Your father? No, the Rakash boy. He came here from Anamir, the City of Light. He ate only one small bite of a seed on a dare but the gatehouse still gave him their horrible elixir. I was helping him to quit taking it, but then he'd become angry because his head hurt and he'd go back to the Rakash nest for more. She looked away. I miss him. But he threw you over his shoulders and was hurting you. She shook her head and tears flicked off her eyelashes. That was all pretend. We wanted the boys to believe that I'd been killed by the Rakash so my father wouldn't look for me. I wasn't going back to the colony. We were leaving through the new tunnel to Kadir to keep him far away from the elixir in Kale's library pool. We were going to find a healer named Sari in the Molokar settlement to help him. You were going to Sari with a Rakash? The one who killed those boys? He might have killed her too. 
Teak pushed his arm off her shoulder and stood to her feet, the glow of her lamp thrust into his face. You are just like everyone else. He didn't mean for the boys to die, but I'm not sorry they did. They weren't my friends. They just used me. Teak buried her face in her hands. Corvin stood and reached out to touch her shoulder, but she pulled away from him. He sat back, uncertain of what he should do, and then Teak fell against him, her body limp, her light stick clattering to the floor. Picking her up, he laid her down on the bed. Her eyes slowly opened. Are you okay? Corvin asked. Teak nodded slightly. I haven't ate or slept since I ran away from the colony. I'm very tired. More tears squeezed out and ran down her cheeks. And now I'm completely alone. Corvin knelt beside her. No, you aren't. I'm here. Teak took a deep breath. A shiver ran through her body and Corvin picked the blanket off the floor and tucked it in around her shoulders. Retrieving his pack, he pulled out the Cuban lunch bar in its red cellophane wrapper. Do you like chocolate and peanuts, Teak? I like the red color. What is it? Corvin peeled back the wrapper. The inside is to eat. Would you like to try it? Teak nodded and Corvin held the corner up to her mouth. She bit off a small piece, chewed, and smiled. It's very good. She reached out, took it from him, and bit off a larger piece. I'll save the rest for later. She wrapped up the bar and closed her eyes. You should sleep for a bit, Teak. Teak shook her head slightly, but her eyes didn't open. I'm okay. We need to get moving. They'll be looking for you. You sleep. I'll keep watch. Kalian, she whispered. He put his face closer to hers. Yes? When we were in the library, you asked if you could kiss me. She opened her eyes. Did you mean it? I don't remember what I said with that sleeping drink. Sorry, Teak. Is it because of the girl who owns the white scarf and headband? I put them back in your pack. Corvin's thoughts tumbled about. He had kissed Atia when the Lumian power messed with his feelings, but he did care for her in some way. He had once felt something for Kate, but lately she was just mad at him all the time. With Tirith, the deeper he went in the core, the more he wondered if she could ever love someone from the surface anyway. Regardless, all three of them hated anyone who ate Lumian seeds. The only person he had met that understood what it meant to be affected by the Lumians and had already proven her love and loyalty to someone who had eaten the seeds was Teak. Does the girl have nice eyes? Teak's lower lip trembled. Corvin touched her cheek. I think your eyes are beautiful. You're just saying that. No, I'm not. You and I can both see in the dark and that's something special we both share. You care about people that everyone else turns away and that's pretty rare, especially down here. You're a beautiful person, Teak. Teak closed her eyes and her face relaxed into a faint smile.